0: are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Wednesday show for you. We're going to talk more Colorado football because there's reason to. You might be fatigued with the Deion Sanders coverage, but these networks are absolutely in love with what he's done to Colorado football and how relevant Colorado football has become and the ratings Colorado football is bringing in. This is nuts. For a, for a program that was absolutely garbage and non-existent for the last 20 years. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about my fantasy football story that I didn't even bring up yesterday. I brought it up in the open, forgot to talk about it. We're going to talk. Uh, look ahead to some of the college games this weekend, look at those seven top 25 matchups. Technically, there's six, but I would consider Florida State Clemson a top 25 matchup. Alabama has decided to go in a direction with their quarterback. They named a starter, and not just for the next game, but they've named him for the remainder of the season. And then remember the whole thing about SMU going to the ACC and whatnot, and they're not taking any TV money for at least the first eight or nine years? No big deal to them. The donors opened up their pockets, and holy fuck, they just splurged for SMU. We'll get to all that momentarily. So let's begin talking about Colorado football. I know you're probably sick of it. There's a part of me that's kind of sick of it, but also kind of absolutely fascinated by it. And I don't want to say I'm kind of, you know, I say i kind of sick of it, but not until this team starts losing games should we basically start dismissing them. Which could start this weekend with at Oregon on Saturday and then next Saturday at home against USC. They should not win either of those games. And then the luster will be a little bit off Colorado football. But have they been the story of college football this season? 100%, and there is no doubt about it. There's not even an argument to be made of what the biggest story in college football this year is. It's Colorado football. Look at this number. Colorado and Colorado State started at 10 p.m. Eastern time this past Saturday night, it started at 10 p.m. Eastern time. It drew 9.3 million viewers. That is the most watched late night game on record in ESPN's history. Do you know what the late night game on ESPN usually draws between one and two million? Because remember, most of the country that's watching and most of the major media markets are on Central time zone and Eastern time zone. So they're not really staying up till midnight or 1 a.m. to watch a college football game between, no, not USC playing a great non-conference team. No, they're up to watch Colorado and Colorado State to the tune of 9.3 million viewers when that game in that spot for ESPN usually averages 1 to 2 million. It's usually like UCLA, San Diego State. Boise State, somebody, you know, <laughs> 9.3 million. Yes, I'm guessing the fact that College Game Day was in Boulder this weekend and the Rock was there. Yes, you drew a few more eyeballs. I think ESPN knew that there's no way that any executive at ESPN thought they were drawn 9.3 million for a night game on Saturday night in Colorado between Colorado and Colorado State. Somebody, some program that I'm guessing most people on the East Coast could not name one player on the Colorado State football team. Hell, I follow college football, and I didn't know any players. But if you look at it, yeah, they probably thought we're getting a few million. Maybe they'd hit three or four million. Uh, Not quite. (laughs) 9.3. It's also... Like I said, most watched late-night game in ESPN history, and it's not even close. It was the fifth-highest rating, fifth-highest amount of viewers, 9.3 million, of any regular season game on record in ESPN's history. That's any game that's starting at 11 a.m., games that's starting at 2.30, Central Time. Any game in ESPN history, regular season, fifth-highest draw, Colorado and Colorado State. It would have been the sixth-highest-rated game last season. It would have drawn more than Ohio State, Penn State, Florida State, LSU, and others. I mean, you can't make this up. Colorado has now played in three of the five most-watched college football games this season. The only other two games that were watched more were Florida State, LSU, and Texas, Alabama all three Colorado games has averaged at least 7 million viewers. Do you know their top game last season? What it drew 1.25 million. So you can talk about how sick you are of all the coverage Colorado is getting and all the coverage Dion is getting and being on 60 minutes Sunday night. But basically in the radio world, it's called playing the hits. They're going to talk about things that they know people care about. And Audiences are showing up in droves for anything Colorado football-related, Deion Sanders-related, anything like that. So just keep that in mind. And remember what I talked about yesterday in regards to Colorado and the fact that Henry Blackburn, the safety for Colorado State, that had the late hit on Travis Hunter. It's knocked him out for three weeks, and his family was getting death threats he was getting death threats on social media seemingly coming from Colorado fans his number was posted his address was posted his parents address was posted all that just nonsense well Deion Sanders the coach of the Colorado Buffaloes whose player was injured by that guy and now he's going to be without his best players going into the toughest stretch of the season even he came out yesterday and said look quote Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game. This is still a young man trying to make it in life. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. I forgive him. Our team forgives him. Travis Hunter has forgiven him. Let's move on. That kid does not deserve that. End quote. See, that's very big of Dion to come out and say that because he could have just said nothing. I don't think he was going to double down and say, oh, yeah, I hope he gets death threats. Like, no. We know no coach is going to come out and say that. But the opposing coach, who just lost his best player for three to four weeks because of a late hit, didn't pile on and didn't say anything. In fact, went the other way and essentially told his own fan base, knock it off. We've forgiven him. Travis has forgiven him. You guys need to, too. I mean, I think that was really cool of Dion, And, you know, he didn't have to do that. So keep that in mind when... I, you know, Dion is, I. he's, we know that he's taking over college football this year and what he's done with Colorado is unbelievable. But, man, he's just, he's doing everything right. And this Saturday's game against Oregon fascinates me. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but the whole thing just fascinates me. One quick fantasy football note to give you. Like I said, I'm never going to talk about my team and talk about, oh, I got beat by two points and I had a defense and if they would have done that. No, you know, I'll bring up my record, but I'm not going to sit here and whine about it. But the thing for me is last week on the waiver wire after week one, who was the number one waiver wire pickup in most fantasy leagues? It was Puka Nakua, the receiver from the Rams. So I picked him up. I ended up winning uh, the bid. I think I got him for, everyone's given $100 of fake money, and you just put in your bid. And whoever, you know, we don't even know who I, I don't know who I bid against. I'm guessing other people in my league wanted Puka Nakua, but I got him, and I bid him for 21 bucks. So, with that said, what did I do? I sat him this week. <laughs> because during the, everyone in the league is giving me shit, which they should. But during the week, I was reading oblique injury, so I didn't even know he was going to play. And then I think Thursday or Friday rolled around, and I just kind of forgot that I didn't put him in my starting lineup, and then I didn't even check to see, oh, is, is that oblique? Is, is it going to hurt him? Is he still going to play? Oh, no, he just went out for 15 catches and you know whatever it was, 147 yards or something ridiculous like that. First player in NFL history to have 10-plus catches and over 100 yards in his first two NFL games. So you best believe Puka Nakua is in my starting lineup. However, I will say the good news about it all is even if I would have put him in my starting lineup, I still would have lost. I would have ended up losing by 108 and uh, 34. I would have lost by like 14 points still because the guy I played had a really good week. So just thought I'd share that. Dumbass me. Didn't put Puka in my starting lineup. All right, let's talk about the games this weekend. And I'm not going to give any sort of uh, picks out just yet. Obviously, you know, those are coming on Friday. I can tell you, looking at these games, these seven matchups that one of them is on in the morning, in the morning slate, which is Florida State at Clemson. That's on at noon Eastern. And then there's three of them that are on at 3.30 uh, Eastern, and then three of them that are on. Uh, in the 6.30, 7 o'clock Eastern block. But they're all on different networks, so you have the ability to watch all... Well, I do with my three TVs. I can watch all three at the same time. So I think at least one of these games will be in my picks. I don't know if it'll be an underdog pick or the best bet or just my regular picks, but um, just looking at some of these... Like I said, I'm a dog better and I like betting underdogs. And let's first talk about the Colorado Oregon game. H- here's the thing. Colorado's 3 and 0 and nobody expected it. And they have played great. No one expected them to as a 20-point underdog to go into TCU and win. Nobody expected them to, I mean, I think people, you know, beating Nebraska after beating TCU on the road wasn't uh, a huge deal, especially since Nebraska isn't very good. But then to come back and, you know, beat Colorado State in a rivalry game, they are one win away from already hitting their season win total over something I gave out at the beginning of the season because you knew two weeks, a month leading into the season, I said, Colorado is the biggest enigma in college football this year. Nobody knows what's going to happen. They could go 8 and 4, they could go 2 and 10. And nobody knows. Anybody that claims that they know, no, is is lying. They're just giving their opinion. They don't know anything more than anyone else does. And I even said it. I was hearing Guys that were well-respected in the college football world, going on radio shows, going on TV, saying, I'm absolutely taking the under three-and-a-half wins for Colorado. They're just not good enough. Well, they're going to lose that bet. I'm going to win it because I've always thought that you didn't need Colorado to even play 500 ball this year. Four and eight was a possibility. I was like, all they have to do is go four and eight. They won one game last year. Dion is going to make a difference. Now, if you were to reset their... Season win total? I don't know what it's at, but it's probably six or seven, if I had to guess. Anyway, the one problem with Colorado right now is their offensive line stinks. As good as Shadur Sanders has been this year, it's been when he doesn't get hit. He's been sacked 15 times in three games. They are now going on the road and playing in Autzen Stadium, one of the loudest stadiums in all of college football, against Oregon this weekend, and Oregon is ranked 13th. Oregon is a 21-point favorite right now. You could be like, well... Colorado beat TCU as a 20-point underdog first game of the year. Yeah, they did. But now Oregon is on upset alert. Oregon knows how good Colorado is. TCU didn't. First game of the year, and they had a whole new team of 81 new players for Colorado. So I'm not saying that I'm picking this game and I'm taking Oregon. I'm just saying if you forced me to and where I would lean, I would lean towards Oregon in this game. To cover the spread. They're certainly, I do believe, they are going to beat Colorado. They're just a better team all around. But when you're dealing with a 21-point spread, something you got to look at is this. When you deal with a big spread like that, what you have to think of is towards the end of the game. And what if Oregon is up by 27 late in the game? Complete blowout. A four-touchdown lead. Does the team that's getting those points have an offense that can put up a garbage touchdown in the end? And the answer for Colorado is absolutely yes. They've got a good enough offense to score. So that's why I'm probably not touching this game. I have a feeling this game will land in the 20 to 28 point range and I just I don't I just you know we say, Steve, why don't you just use it in your teaser and tease it down to 10 or tease it down to 11? I'm not saying I won't. I'm just saying for that game, my view on it right now is I think Oregon wins pretty easily. They're just better in the trenches. And Colorado will put up points. It might be something looking to bet just to have a fun game and just bet the over. Because I don't believe Colorado can stop Oregon either. Hell, they didn't stop TCU. TCU put up 42 points on them. Colorado just happened to score 45. So I don't think it's a three-point game at all. But I can see it hovering around that 21-point line. So I don't really – I'm not going to get involved in that game gambling-wise. Ohio State, Notre Dame, another one where it's just, I I have three games under my belt of watching Kyle Brown as the starter for Ohio State. I just don't know. I don't know how good he is. I do know how good Sam Hartman is. And if you ask me, gun to my head, where I'm leaning towards on this game and who I would bet, I'd lean towards Notre Dame. I would take the three points at home. I just haven't been that impressed with Ohio State this year so far. So I'd lean toward that underdog if there was one favorite in this group of seven games that i like the most it's probably florida state just because i'm not impressed with clemson at all and florida state is only laying two and a half on the road my only concern is florida state's injuries how hurt is jordan travis how hurt is some of their offensive line and their receivers that's what i want to know so until i get a more clarity on who's playing for florida state I wouldn't read too much into last week's game because that was clearly a look-ahead game for Florida State. They did not take Boston College seriously. 28-point favorites, and they won by two. God, I was just so stupid for not thinking about that. The look-ahead game in college football is always huge because you're dealing with college kids. You're dealing with kids that aren't playing for money. I mean, there's NIL now, yes, but I'm talking about millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And... College kids are way more prone to believe the hype about them, and there was no way that Florida State was going to go into Chestnut Hill and just put drop 50 on Boston College because they had the Clemson game in their sights this week. Boston College had everything to gain and nothing to lose, and you got to be careful of those games, and I should have been on Boston College. That was dumb of me. Bama Edel, Uh. uh Old Miss at Bama. Bama is a seven-point favorite right now. They have named Jalen Milrow as their starter, probably the smart thing to do. But what you need to do is change the offense. Jordan Rogers, podcast guest on this show, had a great tweet about this. Let me see if I still have it. Crap, I deleted it. Let me find it real quick. But Jordan Rogers, uh, on the day it was on the day it was put out there, sent out a tweet that said. Right move last week, but now the scheme has to fit. Understandable when you have a QB competition in camp, you can't have the other guys running an offense built for Jalen Milrow. But now, entire scheme needs to be built around his athleticism, RPOs, quick perimeter throws, calculated shots. Texas game plan was way too much pure drop-back progression read stuff, not his strength and not enough quick outlets, especially when the O-line is struggling. Hardly any RPOs with him, hardly any design QB runs, got to get back to that world to take pressure off him and the O-line. And he's dead right with that. If you watched Alabama against South Florida, their offensive line is not what it was in the past. It isn't the dominant offensive line that just trucks over defensive lines and the running backs like Derrick Henry and running backs from the past, uh, Mark Ingram, you know, just run roughshod over shitty teams. When you can't push the line against fucking South Florida, you know Alabama's offensive line is not very good this year. So they've decided to name Jalen Miller, the quarterback. Great. Do what Jordan said. I heard Greg McElroy essentially say the same thing on college football live yesterday on ESPN. Look, don't put Jalen Milroy as your quarterback and have him take five and seven step drops and look to read progression and look to have to read the defense. No, you put him in RP, you put him in run pass options. You throw quick outs to your receivers, get your wide receivers out in space, and you do it that way. You can't have this guy surveying the field. Make Joe Milrose strengths your strengths, which is get him using his legs, short passes, short slants, run pass options. Do that. So we'll see if that actually – we'll see if they do that. So with that said, I'm not a – I'm just really not interested in touching this game because I have no idea what to expect from Alabama. But if you're asking me who I would take – I'd take the seven points. I just I know what I'm getting with Ole Miss. Lane Kiffen knows everything about Alabama. Now, granted, Nick Saban knows a lot about Lane Kiffen, but Ole Miss can score. And Ole Miss, I I think this is a close game. So I might even you know, Ole Miss might be one of my picks. It might be one of my underdog picks. Can they go in there and win? It's possible. Iowa at Penn State is about as boring of a game as you'll ever get. I don't want any part of this game watching it, at least. But gambling-wise, 14.5 seems like a lot of points for Penn State to be laying for an offense that isn't great. So keep that in mind. The total of 41.5, I can't see Iowa State scoring more than 17. I can't see Penn State scoring more than 34. So... Teasing that up to 51.5 and putting that in my three-team 10-point teaser is definitely a possibility because I don't think this game is getting over 51.5 points combined. No way. UCLA and Utah, I really like this game, but I need to know if Cam Rising is playing or not for Utah because I think if he is, this line's going up. It has to because right now it's at five. I think if Cam Rising is announced to be the starter... This line is probably going to six, six and a half, seven. Then might be interested in this one. And the other top 25 game is Wazoo, Washington State at Oregon State. The two teams remaining in the Pac-10. Actually, this game is at Wazoo, so I'm reading this wrong. Oregon State is a two and a half point road favorite at Washington State. Remember, Washington State already beat Wisconsin at home as a six point underdog. Now they're playing Oregon State and they're getting points. Look, I like Oregon State. I'm probably staying away from this one because I just have no feel. I I could see either team winning this one. This isn't like, oh, they're decidedly better here, or they're decidedly better here. No, uh, this game I would probably uh, stay away from. So, just just a note on the on the seven games. Those are my thoughts right now. Some of them might make it in the picks. Some might not. And then finally, this. Remember how SMU was accepted to the ACC. And they basically just wanted to get out of the Big 12 and they want to play with the big boys. And they said, look, we won't even take any TV revenue money for the first eight or nine years that we're there. Well, the SMU boosters said, hey, don't worry about it, boys. We'll help you out. In the first seven days since that announcement, SMU boosters have raised $100 million. And they even specified that $100 million in donation in donations came from 30 people. So 30 people associated with SMU, like SMU, alumni, live in Highland Park, whatever, decided to shell out an average of $3.3 million per person just to be like, here you go, SMU. You're going to the ACC. We'll help you out. Here you go. Here's $3.3 million from 30 guys, 30 people. <laughs> Man. Having lived in Dallas since 2006, I've seen some of the the old money here, and you might think that's a lot that they raise. I mean, it's a lot to raise in seven days that they got a hundred million dollars in donations, but from thirty different from from only thirty people, that just means that they're going to be able to get more and more and more. And honestly, it's probably a drop in the bucket for some of these big oil guys out here. I <laughs> just SMU raised $100 million in seven days from 30 people. This is a program that hasn't been relevant in basketball or football since the death penalty in the late 80s when they had Craig James and Eric Dickerson. They just have, I mean, they've made a bowl game here and there, but they're not something. They have a 30,000-seat stadium on campus. It's not a big football factory whatsoever, but they want to be. Clearly, because they want to go to the ACC and they're willing to not take any revenue. And they probably knew that considering they would get booster money. And boy, did they ever to the tune of $100 million in seven days from 30 people. Holy crap. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review as well. Um, You know, I pass it along to your friends. We're only two days away from the picks. Friday picks having a great year so far basically hitting 66% in college and pro 16 8 and 1 in college 8 and 4 in the pros coming off a 6 and 1 week in the pros so hopefully we can keep it up thank you all for listening i really appreciate it and remember sports will always be the greatest reality show on television See